Hello, everybody. I am stoked for you guys to listen to today's episode. Um, we have the one and only Marston Sawyer on the podcast. Uh, if any of you guys are at all involved in the CrossFit world, if uh, you know, you're into functional fitness, especially if you're on YouTube, you've probably seen him before. Uh, he is one of the bros in the YouTube series, Buttery Bros. Um, Marston is just, it's so funny. We chat through in this podcast uh, lots of different things, and, and he's the exact same person on air that he is on the show. So that was just a, he's just a great guy. I think you guys will love getting to know a little bit about his story. Obviously, like I mentioned, he's one of the, the uh, founders of the Buttery Bros, which has turned into much more than just a YouTube series. Um, they'd also sell tons of merch. Um, they just launched a supplement company coming this summer, him and Heber, the other buttery bro, as well as Matt Frazier, uh, five times, five time CrossFit games champion, uh, their supplement company. So, uh, getting into that whole world, um, they do some wild collaborations with athletes on their YouTube series. Um, and they're also, they've just created really an entire business empire. And that's really why I wanted to have him on uh, to chat through and talk with all of you. Uh, just so you guys can hear this episode. Um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Marston's a really cool dude. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. If you want to check out the buttery bros, uh, or follow along on his journey, check out podium, all the different things we talk about, all the links are in the show notes. So check those out. And before we get started today, our headline sponsor, as you guys know, is Routine. And Routine's proprietary formula in morning routine is by far my favorite morning routine uh, supplement that I take. Each pa- It comes in a single-serve tear packet that you dump into water. Each packet contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six all six, excuse me, essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. Uh, When we sleep, we lose about a pound to a pound and a half of water, expelling vapors, sweat, et cetera. Obviously, you wake up, you feel lighter. Uh, That's great for all of us most of the time, but what you don't realize is you're actually usually pretty dehydrated when you wake up. So a morning routine, uh, dump it in 20 ounces of water. I chug that bad boy in the morning. And honestly, I do feel better. It's funny. The the mornings I drink those before my workout, uh, I do feel more hydrated and I do enjoy uh, a more hydrated morning Uh, routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you guys would like to give routine a chance, you can go in the show notes uh, and click on the link or go to yourroutine.com. They have lots of things besides morning routine. Morning routine is just by far... I think it's it's by far their coolest product, but they have lots of great stuff. They have green superfoods. I use this a lot when I just need fruits and veggies um, in a hurry. It's just the same thing. It's a powder you just dump into your drink, your shaker bottle. Uh, they have vitamin D uh, supplements, uh, ACV gummies, so apple cider vinegar gummies, elderberry gummies, uh, lots of good stuff. Really, like I said, trusted ingredients, made convenient. All their products are make taking healthy ingredients convenient. If you want to give them a shot, like I said, go to yourroutine.com and at checkout, use code ShaneWhite30 for 30% off your first order. All right, everybody. Hope you guys enjoy this episode today and give it up for Marston Sawyer. 
everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I'm stoked today. This is going to be definitely one of my favorite guests on the podcast, Marston Sawyer. I know, I know, you are. Um, he is a man of a lot of things, but most of you, if you've heard his name or seen him, uh, probably know him from his YouTube series, Buttery Bros. Um, Marston, welcome to the show. Dude, thanks for having me. Sorry it took so long to finally catch up, but it's hey. stoked to be here and talk with you. I've said this before on here, but I always say the uh, the people you want to talk to the most are the busiest. So it's it makes a ton of sense, and I appreciate you taking yeah. the time. I know you could be doing a lot of other things right now. So thank yeah, you for finally finally uh, back home from a long stint of road trips. So I'm I'm stoked to be home and just kind of settling in now. Yeah. Well, the one thing I want to ask you to like get started. So like you're you're on a road you go on road trips. You and uh, your partner always are like traveling seeing different folks in the fitness industry. When you guys go, I mean, like how much footage must you guys be shooting and coming home with? And like, how much time does it take? I mean, I always feel you guys turn your YouTube videos around within days, which is always mind blowing to me because they're long videos. It's not like a, you know, an eight minute Casey Neistat vlog. This is like a 30, 40 minute video. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on where we're going and what we're shooting. Cause like certain trips we go on, we'll, we'll get so much more than other ones, you know, just because of who we're with and who we're filming with and stuff. So like, we just went to Miami last week to film with Steffi Cohen and Hayden. And that one, we got a, a decent amount of footage on, but it was only a one day, like a day and a half shoot. And while we're doing all this stuff, we're sending back proxies of all the footage to our editor that's in Canada and oh. he's basically doing like a rough edit as we're shooting it. So it's kind of like we're trying to stay ahead of just the mountain of footage. So yeah. we're always like, here, here's a clip, here's a clip, here's a clip, you know? So, <laughs> oh, that's so, smart. Uh, so you're like not like totally behind when you get back. Yeah. So he's working on that while we're still shooting. And then it's like we jump from there over to Boston to film with the comp train crew. So that was Catherine David's daughter, Amanda Barnhart, Chandler Smith, and Samuel Quant. And just because there's four of them, uh, you're going to get a lot more footage, you know, and sure. we were there for, yeah. I think we were there for like three days and they were just doing a bunch of cool stuff. So we, we wanted to document as much as possible and it was a hundredth episode. So it was pretty special. Yeah, and that's right. Congratulations. Our, thanks, man. Yeah. So it was uh, one of our most popular episodes early on. It was uh, catching up with the girls at comp train camp. So we thought it would be pretty appropriate to go back there for the hundredth episode. Oh yeah. That's great. Uh, so that, that'll be our next one out right now. And we got just so much footage from that. And I'm sure I'm like overloading the, the editor right now. Uh, and then we went down to Iowa to film with Mallory O'Brien. I don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with her. Isn't but she the new, like young up and coming? Dude, she's 17 years old and she moves like incredibly well. She's, she like has the physique of like, I look, you look at her and you're like, this girl's 17. Like, she looks like she could be like 25 with as built as she is and yeah. like with as mature as she is. And uh, we were there for like two days watching her do the teen online qualifiers okay, because yeah. like, like she's already qualified to go to the semis and I think she's going to Granite Games, but she's doing this as like a fallback in case she doesn't get out of it. But Wow. After watching her, I mean, she won five out of the six events and she only took third on one of them. Oh, geez. So she's dominant. I'm it. like, dude, and it's, it's unreal. I, I can't wait to see her actually compete like against some girls. Cause I think that people are, and if you don't know who she is, you probably don't see her coming. And then you watch her work out and you're like, oh, wow. She has 
she doesn't have any holes that I've seen. I mean, I, wow. I haven't seen her do everything, but she's yeah. going to be an impressive up and gunner. So stoked about that. And then uh, we came home for like eight hours and then went to Gymshark yesterday in Colorado and nice hung out with the Gymshark crew and that'll come out uh, probably at the end of this month. So, so it's like always kind of, di- you got like a backlog now of videos. Yeah. So we've got two, two and a half shot, like the Gymshark one won't be a full episode, but it'll feed into uh, like probably like a Murph video that we'll have come out near Memorial nice. Day. Yeah. Oh, love it. Got it. Yeah. So do you guys just like, I mean, you have like a calendar together where you guys are just like planning and planning, or I've heard you say before too, though, that you really don't try to plan too far in advance. You kind of just let things flow and go. It's well, I don't know if it's because of like COVID and everything and everything that we got into, it was very hard to plan very far out because everything was changing so much. Yeah. So we've, we've, and we didn't really plan too far out as far as like what we were going to shoot because with CrossFit, you know, they're, they're always changing the rules and everything's kind of always in flux and never really know what the season's going to look like. So we're always kind of, we're, we're very much like planning anything that's like, I don't know, two weeks out, you know, that's about as far out as we go. I mean, there's the CrossFit games obviously. And then there's the big events that happen. And uh, there's a lot of like little things sprinkled throughout, but we don't really have um, like a big list of all this stuff until you know like for instance we went to Miami and we thought we were going to go to Columbia because we were going to go down there to film with this uh stem cell company that was going to hook us up with some stem cells and oh then, wow yeah and then it turned out there was a bunch of riots and then they had a lockdown we're like okay let's pivot so then we went to Boston <laughs> and that was actually a much better fit for a hundredth episode and then we weren't even sure if we were going to go to Iowa until I don't know, a day or two before we're literally booking our flights almost like the day before, you know, you get really That's good airfare that way. Do you, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, cause I mean, or yeah. Cause are you guys just like always in communication with a lot of the folks in the CrossFit community? And it's like, Hey, we want to come, we want to come watch yeah. the train and film with you and do an episode. Yeah. And I mean, depending on the athletes training schedules and their, you know, where they're at in the season and stuff like that, it's, we got to kind of be flexible to, you know, not disrupt too much of what they got going on. So we're just kind of trying to show up and be like flies on the wall for a lot of that stuff. But then there's, you know, there's other people that we film with that aren't so regimented in their season and stuff like that. They're a little bit more free flowing and we can kind of just pick up those type of episodes when we have a gap in our schedule. So we try to be as flexible as possible. Got it. That makes a ton of sense. Um, To back up a little bit, I think for people who maybe don't even know who you are or have watched your YouTube series, um, obviously very involved in the CrossFit community. Would you mind giving everyone just a little bit of a background into like how you guys even came up with buttery bros? Like, obviously I know, but I'm not sure who knows. I mean, you worked at CrossFit HQ, like in the media group, and then that whole drama unfolded and you, you and you guys got let go. So would you mind just giving everyone maybe a little background into just the, we talk about zero to one, just like, what was the zero? What started all of this in motion? Uh, Okay, I'll, I'll back way up. I met Heber in like 2009 at a local competition and he was already working for CrossFit and doing like these really quick turnaround videos like before people did that. Like I, oh, remember, okay. like I met him and he showed up to the competition and he was showing a video of the previous days, like highlights and everything. And I was like, wait, you shot that yesterday and it's already on the internet? Like I didn't know anybody doing that back then because it was like 2009. So like quick turnaround stuff, it was just like, you know, digital was just becoming a thing. So it was now becoming possible. So he kind of blew my mind on how fast he could work and turn stuff around. Okay. Yeah. And so 
I just kind of assisted him throughout the weekend. And at the end of the weekend, I gave him all my footage and he was kind enough to put me in contact with the former media director at CrossFit and said, Hey, this guy, you know, he's got a lot of potential. I think that you could probably use him because they were looking for talent back then. And that was before they really had built a media department. Okay. And so, uh, eventually I started doing more work for CrossFit and kind of just contracting out. And then we ended up doing like a pilot episode for one of the early, uh, it was a regional and, and it was basically a proof of concept for our post-produced ESPN shows that would come out like after the CrossFit games that were a little bit more like they were, they were live, but they were enhanced with a, a little bit of post-production. And I think I remember those. Yeah. 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 So once we proved that concept, they basically were like, Hey, we got green light. We need everybody to move to Santa Cruz right now. And I was oh, like, wow. Where were you before that? I was in Salt Lake city. Okay. And so I basically like, moved my life over there and basically worked out of that office for, uh, you know, I think it was like eight years or so, but oh, wow. throughout that time, I re- realized pretty early on that like broadcast is not what I want to be doing. And I, you know, I learned a lot and got to work with a lot of like talented people and then eventually got the chance to do a lot more like storytelling documentaries. And, you know, we've done the fittest on earth docs in the past and stuff like that. And so right. that was really more of where I wanted to focus my energy and, you know, I, we, we were on pace to put a movie out in 2018 and then, you know, everything happened. And yeah. I guess, you know, the former leadership decided they didn't want to produce content. And I was like, it came as a shock and a surprise because we had spent all that time, you know, collaborating and working to try and build this thing up. And it was finally to a point where we we're like, we kind of gotten to where we wanted to get to. We have the funding, we have, you know, sponsorship dollars coming in and everybody was, stoked with the product that we were putting out and then it just kind of all ended suddenly and i saw it as like an opportunity it was like well if crossfit doesn't want to make this media i'll make it and do it for myself you know well there was definitely demand there like i remember i remember that was early on in my time at rx and i was just like this is so strange i feel like media is like taken off and like yeah everyone was like the stuff you guys were putting out what why would you stop it now it seemed like yeah, the following was sense. growing. I remember going to Madison yeah. that year or the year before, and it was just crazy how many people like the growth of the sport. Yeah, it was it was definitely like exploding. And I think that, you know, although I saw the value in it and a lot of people in the community, I did think that, you know, the former uh, owner didn't yeah. and he or, or maybe he just didn't want to highlight athletes that way because he thought that. I know that he thought that, you know, why, by showing the tip of the spear um, in CrossFit, that it might have been intimidating for the everyday uh, person that's just trying to lose some weight and he thought it was maybe a little bit of a de- deterrent to them oh, so okay. I understand where he's coming coming from there but instead of like trying to apply to all those audiences he just went in the complete opposite direction and then you had like people lifting those antifreeze jugs and stuff yeah. and I was like well this that's right. this took a this took a hard turn so <laughs> uh so once once that was all kind of coming to an end, we were like, well, we we still want to make this stuff. So we set out to make like a documentary series, you know, slightly different than like a full feature length doc. And I thought it would be in a, a cool opportunity to kind of go to these events that were kind of unknown at the time to kind of highlight that, but also have a continuous story that progressed throughout the season that eventually got to the CrossFit Games. And we started producing that and then. Was this on your own at this point or is this with CrossFit still? Yeah. Yeah. So this was after we got let go from CrossFit. Okay. Okay. And along the way, you know, like we'd made really good relationships with all these athletes and all these different coaches and camps and everything. So they were very supportive of letting us come and film with them. And they also needed us as much as we needed them because 
all of a sudden their like media supply or like promotion was just cut off and they oh, were like, good well, point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so pretty much they were like, you know, if you guys want to come and film with us and make a video and, you know, I was already pretty good friends with Matt Fraser and we went there to film like a commercial for a company and, you know, me and Heber had just been to Dubai because that was our first episode oh, we were trying yeah. to produce for that series. And they had done a really gnarly workout called acid bath. And it was That's like, right. I think it was like a 500 meter ski, a 500, 500 meter row and a thousand meter biker. But it's just like all lactic acid buildup and it just like destroys you. And it was like, of all the workouts I've seen in live competition, I've never seen so many people just crippled after the. the yeah, wasn't event. that the one where you guys got all the footage? Everyone's like, like laying in the hallways, like no one can yeah. walk up and people out of the were stadium. So wrecked, like <laughs> hands and knees crawling off the floor. And so when we were at Matt's house, I was like, "Hey, maybe we should do that workout," you know. And <laughs> Sammy's there, and I, I'm like, "Here, will you film us do this? Because I think I can. I'm going to smoke Heber in this and hand her the camera, and we start, you know, going back and forth with some playful banter and. Chris Hinshaw's there and he's totally on team Hebes, you know, he's just yeah, pumping yeah. <laughs> Hebes' tires. Like you got Mars. There's no way he's going to beat you. You know, it's just, he was fully supportive of Hebes. And I was like, all right, Chris, I'm going to show you what's up, you know, and <laughs> you know, that, that, that ended up being our like very first video that we produced for buttery bros. And it was kind of unintentional. It was like, we got back from that trip and I was looking at all this footage. I'm like, Hebes, there's actually like, this is actually pretty fun. And I think that we should just throw it up on YouTube and see what happens. And Oh, really? That's it how like, it all started. Yeah. That's kind of how it all started, you know? And uh, right around that time we were at Wadapalooza in 2019 and we produced that episode and we threw it up on YouTube. And uh, I guess back to back up a little bit, we were trying to figure out what to name the YouTube channel. Okay. And buttery, buttery was something me and Heber said to each other all the time when we like either compose a really nice shot on the, you know, like oh. on the games and it was smooth and it like was crisp and it was a nice comp composed shot. I was like, dude, check this out. Super buttery. Right. And he was like, yeah, you know, and that was just something we always said. So when we were getting ready to launch the YouTube channel, I knew that we wanted to call it something buttery and I didn't know what else. And I was like, well, what is it? Buttery guys, buttery dudes, buttery bros do you like buttery bros yeah i'm like okay let's go with that oh wow so okay that's kind of how it it got started and then we were walking around wadapalooza and people were like recognizing us as the buttery bros and i was like all right this is kind of cool you know yeah it was sticking and so, so it really wasn't like when you guys got let go it wasn't like you guys left and went to one of your guys's places and we're like all right we got to figure out what we're doing next and we're starting buttery bro. it wasn't it really what it was took a little time no, it, and was, it was kind of organic. yeah it, it was because we got let go in October and I don't think we released our first video until sometime in January. So there was like a couple, two or three months there where we were literally just trying to survive and, and trying to figure out ways to either create content for athletes or with athletes and tell athlete stories. And I don't think we ever really thought we were going to like flip the camera around on ourselves and start uh, trying to trying to be characters in our own show that we hosted. That's funny. Oh. I hadn't thought of it like that. Like you guys were always on the other side of the camera for so long. And then you just flipped yeah. it around. And everything. Cause I had wondered that when you first launched it, I was like, I don't think I saw an episode. I didn't see an episode until maybe early 2020 actually. And then, okay. but I went back and I was like, I want to watch the beginning of these. And I remember thinking like, wow, how do these guys have such good connections with like all of the CrossFit community? It was like amazing to me. So this is all making a ton of sense. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was, it was literally like, you know, almost a decade of, being out in the, in the field and connecting with people and having good lasting 
relationships. Cause I look at a lot of these athletes and I, I consider them close friends and great sure, people yeah. and people I admire and look up to. So it was pretty easy to, you know, then flip the script and kind of have a new concept that they yeah. were fully supportive of. And like, they, they were, you know, more than willing to come on the show and have us promote them and have a, you know, an interesting outlook on, like, I guess an interesting and different outlook on what we had traditionally done. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was definitely, I, the first thing that I also noticed was I felt like not only the type of content, but like the creativeness and like the skill you guys had in all of your videos. Like it's just such high quality in your graphics. It, like you feel like you're watching a movie. You're, like you really do feel like you're watching like a mini movie. Whereas I feel like a lot of vlog type videos before that weren't really focused on a niche as much. Maybe some were, I'm sure, but the ones I've mm-hmm. always watched weren't. And then two, like, I mean, they were some nice cameras, but they're usually just, that's it. It was like, I always think of like Casey Neistat kind of set a whole standard of what people started copying. You guys kind of like reimagined it and made it into like truly like mini movies, which I thought was really wild. Like it really captivated me. The first one time I watched one, I was like, holy shit, how much long, how much like time does this take to edit all this stuff together? Like, it's like, it's like a full movie. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think the, the, you know, the concept kind of developed over time and it's not like we were thinking this is like a show, you know, we were thinking it was a vlog and the first few episodes were, you know, your typical length, like eight to nine, 10 minutes. Yeah. And then as we started, as we started like starting to work with brands and starting to take on uh, you know, outside uh, sponsors and stuff like that, it started to like send us to places that were a lot more of like an experience. And, you know, I felt like it was much more representative of like, what we do as storytellers, like okay. because we came from a filmmaking background was to almost like create a show out of it. And it kind of developed that way. And what was really cool early on is uh, we, you know, like through our connections in the media, I worked with a lot of really talented people that I really still consider good friends today. And one of our closest, uh, I guess, uh, people that we worked with when we were at CrossFit was Julian Marquez. And he does motion graphics and he was somebody that like, it was this weird thought of, I was like, man, this is like, I really like to work with these guys still, you know, and I'm trying to figure out a way to like make it work. And he saw what we were doing and he was like, dude, this is really cool. I want to be a part of it. And he started doing graphics for us. Wow. The front part of our shows are pretty heavy, um, like with animations and they're high energy and they're over the top. And I feel like he saw that and he was like, this is really fun because he came from like, like he, he had just finished working at the Raiders, you know? Oh, and, I didn't and, know that. Okay. Yeah. So he was doing all like the ribbon boards and everything at the Raiders. So like he lived in black, silver, and white. Yeah. And that was like, the, that was the color palette for everything. So then when we started doing stuff, he was like, I'm going to throw all the color at these graphics and make them so over the top just because it was so different for him. So he really enjoyed it. And then, you know, as, as it developed, you know, we were able to like, turn it more into a show and now we have like a whoop segment we have a beam segment we have uh you know a bunch of different people that we work with that it's really kind of turned it into a full-fledged show that you know now we're 100 episodes in and I'm like just having a blast doing it because it's definitely like when I got let go I was really kind of down on my luck and I thought that you know I didn't know what I was going to do next and was the best thing that could ever happen because now I'm looking at it and I'm like man if I was still working at CrossFit and just creating content for somebody else and you know it definitely like forced me to grow and it forced me to like 
do things that are super uncomfortable and but also like do things because I know that it'll be uh fulfilling you know yeah. so so now it's we're I feel like we're doing really cool stuff and I'm like just proud and happy and I couldn't ask for like a, a better business partner in Heber because he's super talented and I always knew that you know and we were we worked together for you know all that time and developed a really good relationship while we were at CrossFit but we didn't really like hang out too much outside of work. And now I, you know, I sleep in the same bed with him a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> things have uh, escalated. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have. And, you know, we got, we're doing all sorts of crazy stuff now and I'm so happy to be where we are. No, man, that's so super cool. I mean, I can only imagine um, what that must've been like getting let go at CrossFit. I've been at companies where we've had, you know, I've gone through that as well. And I, I, it sucks. Um, but it seems like, you know, working at something like CrossFit, I feel like everyone that I've ever gotten to meet that has worked there. I mean, it's a little bit different than I would say most people's jobs. Like usually if you work yeah. at CrossFit HQ, you're probably really into the sport and it's like an intimate yeah. part of your life too. So I'm sure that was tough. Just, you know, so you do probably outside of work as you do CrossFit. And so getting yeah, that go of that was CrossFit. tough. I'm sure. Still, yeah. And it's like, you know, everybody that was there was full, like they're foot soldiers for the CrossFit movement. You know, they fully believed in it and they, they lived and breathed it. And so when it kind of all ended abruptly, everybody was just super confused. They're like, we all know what we've been doing has been impactful and it's been a positive message and it's helped change a lot of people's lives. So why is it ending? And nobody really yeah. knew. And, you know, it eventually got to the point where, you know, the former leader had to sell his company because it had changed so much. And, you know, the, it was just very out of touch with what the community was, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Oh, for sure. Honestly, like yeah. that was such a bad, bad time for CrossFit, but I feel like it got so good on the other side of that dark tunnel. You know what I mean? Now. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, yeah, this last it. summer, last summer it was nuts with all the, you know, the, the racial injustice stuff and the murder of George Floyd and then the, the tweet and everything. And it was just like, it got really bad and in order for it to like get better, you know, they, they got a new leader and I feel like the possibilities are very positive now. And I, I like the direction that I see with uh, Eric Rosa and the people that they have running it over there. And it's uh, it's still early to kind of know what all is going to shake out, but I definitely feel like the the right approach is being taken towards the the sport itself, like valuing that, but also knowing that like, you know, there's a lot of people that are just trying to keep their gyms open and a lot of people have gone out of business. And so I think that they're, they're doing a good job of trying to hear everybody's concerns and be there to, to listen really. Yeah. Which I think was probably something that was uh, not, not happening at all from the out, from an outsider's perspective and seeing, a lot of the voice versus what you're seeing the athletes go through and seem like they didn't really match up apples to apples. Um, yeah. And that was something that like early on, I was like, I just want like, because I was around those top level athletes so much, I wanted them to succeed, you know, and I, oh, sure. I wanted to see them be regarded as professional athletes that they were, you know? And, and I thought that if, if there's something that I could do to try and elevate them in a way, cause I look up to them as like superheroes in a way, because yeah. what they do is insane and it's super impressive, the type of people they are and just the way that they live their lives. And so, yeah, I think it's been, it's been really cool just to, to be able to 
run around with that crowd. Oh, I bet. I mean, yeah, you go from having to go to an office every day to edit stuff for somebody else to now creating your own with some of the, you know, coolest people in the sport. So that's gotta be wild. Yeah. I mean, for you, like for you guys, right. When you, so you, you launched that first episode with Matt and acid bath. I mean, at that point, when you saw it kind of like start to get traction is, was that when all of a sudden you're like, okay, we should like make this into a real company. I mean, to hire Marquez. I mean, like, it seemed like there's a lot of things started probably happening pretty quickly. Was there like a lot of conversations with you and Heber back then of like, Oh, cause then you guys launched like merch and you started partnering with like, for people who don't know much, I mean, you guys have your own website where you sell merch, tons of really cool stuff. Honestly, it's, it's dope. And then you guys partner with really cool brands that tie super well into just the overall messaging in, you know, clientele of the people in your videos and watching your videos. Like I've been very impressed to like, I mean, you guys almost have been able to like handpick brands that I would say like they go, they couldn't go more perfect with the type of people are in your videos. So is that, did that all kind of happen by chance or was that, did you guys like really take a step back and like plan that out once you started getting more traction? Um, A lot of it happened by chance, but a lot of it just happened by like one thing that you do will lead to the next thing. And it's like, before you know it, you know, you've, you've created, something that you're pretty stoked on so early on we like the first person that was like our mentor was matt o'keefe who we oh nice chief on the yeah. show <laughs> so he's matt fraser's uh manager and agent and really good friend and also like his coach at the games and everything so matt is like probably one of the most accomplished people in the space as far as like now he owns wadapalooza he's part of loud and live he has, a oh, I didn't know that. He has he a, owns wadapalooza well he he's like on the loud and live team that, that basically runs that event. So I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So he he was very involved early on with representing a lot of athletes. And so he knew the space, he knew like what, what, like the going rate was for a lot of things. And so we basically like reached out to him and he kind of gave us like a business one Oh one, uh, Matt O'Keefe, you know? Oh, that's cool. I, I didn't come from a business background. I'm a creative, you know, I just wanted to make videos, but as things started happening, I, you know, we wanted to figure out how to tailor our product to, you know, specific brands and people that we wanted to work with. Cause everybody kind of wants a little bit, something different, you know? Sure. Yeah. And so I think we took like, we, it was almost like we just like bet on ourselves cause we knew that w- what we could do and we knew like that we could do it, you know? And yeah, there was a, like a little bit of a struggle in the beginning. Like I remember we went to London, like, without any real plan. We just knew that they were going to be doing an open announcement there. Okay. And we, CrossFit wasn't doing any media and there wasn't really like uh, a for sure set plan. But I was like, if we can go to London and create the best piece of content, we're going to win somehow. So we yeah, went there. Yeah. yeah, we went there and it was like one of the first, uh, it was the first open announcement in 19. And we were part of like the live show after and we interacted and had a really good product that we were stoked with and stayed up all night and put it out at like three in the afternoon the next day oh and wow. then the very the very next week you stay up all night uh, editing that stay, yeah that was like for first while there it was like okay if we're gonna make this thing uh worthwhile we got to get the content out as fast as possible because sure every day that goes by it just kind of like reduces the impact of what you know the news worthy aspect of it and so by the end of the of that trip, we started receiving emails and we're getting contacted by people 
and brands in the space that were interested in what we were doing because they just wow. they they saw that there was a, like a lack of media and they knew that that we were you know obviously creative enough to uh, turn around content and turn it around fast you know yeah so the next week we we took on a sponsor and you know figured out a way to kind of tailor what we were doing to to meet their needs and then we've basically had a sponsor and a, and we've worked with brands every show since then and we've brought on you know ones that are much more involved like whoop and goad and blenders eyewear and there's a bunch of them that we we really like working with but it's been uh you know it's been a process and in that process you mentioned merch uh we didn't have any merch and we went to the we went to uh the fittest experience in austin texas okay yeah we met this, I remember that. yeah we we met the guy that now does our merch but at the time he was doing like subscription boxes where you like pay a monthly and they put a bunch of stuff into a box and they ship it to you and yeah. he was like hey i would i'd really like to put like your guys t-shirt in my box Can i do that and i'm like well we don't have a t-shirt and he's like oh well i can make t-shirts that goes in the box i'm like cool man that sounds that great sounds let's do sweet. it <laughs> yeah and so we did it the box sold really well and you know at the end of it we're like man that that was a, a good little collab do you think you can make us some more shirts and so love started it. making us more shirts and then before we knew it we almost created a whole nother revenue stream of just merchandise that uh ken uh was really he kind of proved that he could do it and he wasn't doing it before and now he he makes merch for the morning chalk up he makes merch for us he makes merch for uh talking league fitness and sammy oh, wow. and, so he's really uh, just so, kind of gotten involved in the whole sport now yeah and i don't think he does the subscription box anymore so it's basically <laughs> like he brought an opportunity to us and we you know were able to uh make it work and now it's created a whole nother business for him that he's happy with and we're we're stoked to be working with him on that and yeah we're we're now doing a bunch of cool custom stuff like we're about to release like a, a backpack that we've been working on for a while and we just did a bunch of really cool mugs that say butter gang on them that are like nice. shaker cups and we've done blankets and we're doing uh we're going to be releasing like a, a jort soon i oh, love like that a, yeah like almost like a jean short is <laughs> just ridiculous with all these butter and sayings and us as cartoons on it and everything so it's been it's been really cool to you know kind of like I said like have one thing lead to the next thing that then creates an opportunity and always trying to like keep your head on a swivel to look for those opportunities when they arise and kind of seize the moment when you can you know yeah, for sure. I mean, I, the one thing that I've always thought is interesting for for guys like you who are you know building something like you are, when you have a brand like Whoop or any of these guys that work with you guys, I mean, like how do how did you know even like the, to start the conversation like what you're worth? Like, I feel like that would be a tough thing as a creator. Like, how do you value putting them on your videos? Yeah, it's and that was something that was like kind of hard to understand, like early on is how do you value that stuff? And it's like, you kind of set your own price. Okay. And, and what, you know, the time that it takes to put into it and like what the man hours and like what we have to contract out Julian to make the graphics for plus, you know, we're traveling to these locations. So there's hotels and airfare and everything that goes along with that. So it all kind of adds up. So uh, it's, it's different for everybody, I think. And, okay. and, 
and obviously like when we first started we were doing it for less than we're doing it for now because yeah it was still kind of unproven and it was a new concept and then once you start doing it and then once you start being like oh we can really incorporate this a lot lot better as we go and like we figured out ways to like you know involve whoop we have a whoop section where we break down our data but then we also like there's other brands like beam that is a is a nighttime sleep aid drink that tastes really good but it also like puts you to sleep pretty quick and i get better sleep but i can track that on my whoop so it's almost like i can use one brand that we're working with to build up another brand and that's like everybody starts to win in that scenario you know it's oh it's super i mean that's exactly what i was i was hinting at like it's super impressive i mean i think you yeah you like inherently create more value for everybody i'm sure involved in that i mean that's it's impressive and then like you guys did a collab with whoop with your own band i mean like stuff like that like you're just getting very ingrained into these brands even yeah that that was really cool too because like we we were just at whoops headquarters like no more than a week ago and they have this thing called the whoop labs and they take you in there and they put a whoop on both your arms and they put like one around your sternum so they can get like three different places to measure your heart rate and then they put you through like or an array of different workouts and they oh, wow. collect all the they collect all the data and it's basically a way for them to just improve the product and and have uh you know feedback from us too yeah but uh we sold all out of those custom bands, which was cool. Did you really? Yeah. So there, I, I, it was like, uh, I don't know, probably like a month and a half, but we sold through like all of the inventory that we agreed to promote. And now you can't get them. If That's you, amazing. Uh, didn't get them. Yeah, I was so laughing uh, right after you guys launched. Um, I was at, I live in Chicago and we were, I was at, at like the mall, me and my wife, uh, we got a Peloton and she was trying to like get something fitted or something. And we were in there and the guy that was like doing the fitting, he had one of your straps on. And oh, I was cool. like, I was like, I was like, wait, is that a, is that a buttery bros whoop strap? And he's like, no way. You know, the butter, it was just so funny. I'm like, what are the chances of that? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not that big of a community and like CrossFit and everything else. It was funny. I'm like, it's a small yeah, world out there, man, but it was cool. It looked great. It looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I guess going back to like some of the other people that we worked with, like early on when we were not early on, but like in 2020, we were going out to, uh, strength and depth to film with Matt Fraser. And there was this guy that was like kind of just a fan of the show. His name's James. And he just kept like pumping our tires, being like, love what you guys are doing. It's super fun. If you're ever in London, let me know. I'd like to meet up with you guys and introduce you to some other brands, you know? And I was oh, like, yeah. cool. You know, this guy seems like a nice guy. And we showed up in London and he picked us up and he drove us to Gymshark headquarters outside of London. And we got to meet all the Gymshark crew. And it was really impressive, like how fast that brand has grown. Oh, yeah. And to see like, where they're headed and and kind of like, now that they're getting much more involved in CrossFit and trying to like, like, we were basically the first CrossFit athletes, I guess, athletes or whatever we are. Yeah, personalities or whatever. I'd definitely say athletes. Yeah. And so as we started to like work with brands like Gymshark and then now we're working with rain too, like it's cool to like find these, these uh, brands that are in the space of fitness that aren't just CrossFit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we're very much interested in all aspects of fitness and featuring people that are like really impressive in their own regard in their own sport or whatever it may be. And it's been fun to collaborate with brands that are like, Hey, like tell us what you need 
tell us how we can help. And so now, you know, we're, we just were in Denver yesterday meeting with Jim Shark, and we've got some pretty cool stuff planned uh, coming forward so with cool. them. And, and yeah, I think that, uh, like, even with rain, like they brought a lot of athletes that we probably would have never been in contact otherwise. Cause we just did an episode with Kai Green, who was like, yeah, I mean, like how cool is that? Renowned. Yeah. Like power, <laughs> uh, uh, not power lifter, but, uh, bodybuilder. And he's Does just, he make and, you just feel like a tiny human being in person. He is so big, dude. He is a massive <laughs> human, but he's like, you know, we show up to his gym and he like immediately greets us like, Hey, this is a safe place. You can trust you. Like, like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Be relaxed, you know, cause I'm sure a lot of people probably are intimidated by oh, not I'm just sure. his personality and his, you know, his legend of Kai green, but just that he's uh, a big dude, you know, yeah. but, yeah. but we collaborated with him and it was probably like one of the funnest experiences with somebody outside of the CrossFit space. And that's been really cool to be able to go to somebody else's like world be it like powerlifting or bodybuilding or whatever it is, you know, like I'm cool meeting with anybody if they're a good person and are open to collaborating with some goofs, you know? Yeah. So, no, I love that. that. I mean, it's been cool. I was going to ask you that. Cause like, obviously like the most of them, as I've watched have been very CrossFit heavy, but yeah, I was gonna say lately you guys have really been branching out. And I mean, like Steffi Cohen's is a little bit different. Kai yeah. Green. Steffi Cohen. Kind yeah, I mean, you guys yeah. you met some with some really cool people to your point in the fitness industry, but that to your and I have to imagine, yeah, that just opens the door um, for these people to then get inter like inter intertwined into your guys' audience, and it allows you guys to kind of get intertwined into like other brands and their audiences too, right? Which is fantastic. Absolutely, yeah, and it's you know those are all just great opportunities for us to be able to grow the Buttery Bro Show and to grow our brand and to not just be pigeon not not necessarily pigeonholed but to not just be like so attached to one thing yeah like i want when when people watch our show i want them to just like laugh have fun maybe feel motivated to go work out and to do some fitness but not to just think that these are just crossfit guys like that's obviously our roots and where we came from but like we want to be known as like almost like the thing that connect all the different aspects of people's uh fitness journey or whatever it is you guys definitely have the personalities to do that. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, just like your guys, you guys together, it's like always like seems like it lights up the room with whatever person you're visiting or collaborating with. Like it all, it all works so well. I mean, speaking of that, you guys obviously came up through CrossFit. Is that what you and Heber, do you guys still, I mean, do you guys pretty much do CrossFit as like a basis for fitness today still, or do you guys still branch out and do other stuff? Um, I would say I'm doing mostly CrossFit, but I also do, whatever it is with whoever we're filming with. Yeah, so it, sure. So I end up doing a lot of different things. Like as far as like an overall, like general physical preparedness, I don't think there's anything better than CrossFit. Okay. Um, obviously like I, I really enjoy bodybuilding just because, you know, intimidation, intimidation, yeah, right. you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, but then like, we just did like a Spartan race, like, I, and I'm not like, I don't have a background in obstacle racing and Spartan and stuff, but it's like when they come to you and they're like, Hey, we like what you're doing. We'd like you to come to our event. And I'm like, this sounds fun. I'll go down and run through some obstacles and throw a spear at a dummy. I'm like, yeah, this, it looked fun. I, that episode was yeah. sweet. So there's, there's been events like that, but then there's also events like tribal clash that we went down to Australia and got a chance to, well, we actually won the whole yeah, didn't thing. Didn't you guys win? A, yeah. Yeah. It was a really big surprise. Like we, we went down there being like, well, you know, we'll go to this event and see how it goes. And then they just like, 
matched us up with some people that like, like one guy in particular, his name is Charlie and he'd probably done like six or seven tribal clashes before. And okay. The, a tribal clash is basically like, it takes place on the beach in, you know, various locations around the world, but it's no barbells. It's very much like odd object carries and hmm, carrying okay. logs and going up and over obstacles and stuff like that. And he knew basically what to expect. And he kind of got us like up to speed with what the event was. And oh, wow. one of the, like one of the events was like a tug of war and I haven't done a tug of war since freaking, <laughs> I don't know, elementary school or something. Sure, but right. he, he, he was like, listen to me and, and we'll see how this goes. And by the end of it, like we walked across the finish line, they handed us the trophy and I was like, did we just win this you're whole like, thing? It was super <laughs> weird. It's like, a, it's like a, the end of a Disney movie, you know? Yeah. You're like, how the hell do we win? Yeah. We just showed up to do this. That's so Yeah. Funny. And it definitely didn't feel like I'm showing up to win this thing. It was like, I'm showing up to have fun and make a video and high five and tell some jokes, you know? Yeah. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, what, what do you, do you guys follow? I know you guys work at it. Uh, I forget the name of it. The one in Salt Lake city, but do you, do you guys follow like some sort of general training methodology? It's funny. Cause I've actually learned some different ones from you guys. Like I actually just started messing around with Marcus Philly's like persist stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, his Functional is like bodybuilding. totally why it's like, just totally threw me for a loop. Cause it's so different than the normal CrossFit stuff I've done. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, so we work out at a gym here in Salt Lake called Excel fitness. Okay. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah. In my opinion, of all the places I've traveled and all the places and gyms I've been into, it's my favorite place. And it's not just because I like live here and go to the gym, but because it has like a CrossFit gym that's like kind of like a separate like room that you can go do CrossFit in. But then it has like a whole functional uh, workout space in their main area. Like it has like turf all down it and they have rogue rigs and they have all the like rowers and skiers and pegboards and is it like a, and, is it like a, like a franchise or just like a one location no, thing? Just one location. And I think it was like originally started as like a traditional, you know, like bodybuilding gym or like, you know, machines and stuff. Yeah. And they still have all that stuff, but it's all upstairs. So it's like, basically, I mean, they have like Olympic weightlifting platforms. They have everything that you could ever need. And it's super clean. It's very like branded and it's like a, it's a good looking gym and it's fun to film at, but back to your question on like what program we follow like I like to just see what the group's doing like I'll show up there and there's like little pockets you know because like there's all these programs now like there's 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 so many Tia's program like there's people doing proven and then there's people doing comp train and then there's people doing Matt's program hard work pays off and so I always like show up like not knowing what I'm going to do but I just kind of like walk around and because I've done CrossFit long enough to like know how to do all the movements and everything but i'm also yeah. like i'm selective now where i'm like what am i gonna do that's gonna be fun like i'm yeah, here to sure. have fun you know <laughs> like i'm not here to like do l-sit holds and ring handstand push-ups and all that like there's a time and a place for that and obviously the the best in the world need to focus on that but i'm like i want to do what i'm good at you know okay yeah so, no i totally so, get that you're not trying to win the so crossfit I, games right yeah yeah so i mean i show up and i kind of cherry pick what I want to do. And, you know, I still do stuff that I'm not great at, but I, I definitely like avoid certain things and trying to just go in there and throw down for, you know, no more than an hour and get out and feel good and feel accomplished. So love it. Uh, that's nice. It's not, you're not like stressed out about following a program either, but yeah. actually one question I want to also ask, uh, I don't know where I heard this. I just want to know if it was true. Was, is it, 
Pat Sherwood's on Monday of like, so I also followed his linchpin stuff for a while. The mash. Is that from, is that from you and Heber? Like, I thought I heard a rumor that like he started it because you guys like were trying to look for like a challenge to go head to head. So he started creating that for you guys. Yeah. I I think I'm not sure like what came first, like us wanting to work out or him creating those things. But I remember him like he, he had launched a linchpin, which was his like affiliate, but it was mostly just like an online programming that he was like, Pat's a very good programmer and he loves like programming things and then watching us go do them and then just sitting back and like spectating and watching like oh really fall off yeah because like back when we all worked at crossfit it was like the monday monster mash was like the workout that we'd always do and it was usually traditionally like a three-part workout where you would do like a metcon and then you'd have a five-minute break and then something else that was either very you know, Metconny or like strength based and then yeah. a five minute rest and then a third one. And by the time, like I got to the third one, I'm dragging ass, you know, like yeah. I'm not, I'm not like I played football. So I'm like a quick burst type of guy. Like I'm good at like short little seven minute type of things and anything much longer than that. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get it done, but it's not going to look good. You know? So <laughs> early on he started doing that and it was like a cool little like competition every Monday that me and Tommy Marquez and Heber and a bunch of the other guys that worked at HQ would always kind of get together and talk a bunch of trash and try and beat each other in those workouts. That's so fun. I mean, he still does them. Like they're on his app. I have his app. Yeah. yeah I see every Monday he still has them. That's great. They're, they're really tough and they're really hard workouts. And I mean, if you want to, like almost feel like you're you're training for something that the do the monster mash yeah it'll definitely for sure. get, it'll get you fit i mean it's cool i i you know sometimes i i like sometimes i look at his his training and i like doubt that i'm like this can't be hard enough like this is i gotta mm-hmm. do more than this today like yeah. there's no ways and then you it's do them simple. You're, like, you're like yeah exactly and then it's, yeah. it's always get you man it's it's yeah it works there's nothing worse than when you like look at a workout and you're like ah oh, i don't know man this is gonna this isn't enough. And then you hit it with intensity and then you're like, okay, yeah, that was plenty. I'm was good. More than enough. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I think it's, it's just the CrossFit community as a whole. I, I, you know, I didn't really know anything about CrossFit until I joined RX in 2017. And then the guys that started it, Peter and Jared, you know, that whole, their branding was built so much on, on that community as well. So I kind of became like super ingrained in it. So now I'm, it's just cool to see all these other things that like you guys who've spun out and have made businesses out of, out of one, you know, really one sport and then have just gotten creative and, and made a name for yourselves. Um, so, I mean, for you guys today, like you have merch, um, obviously a lot of brand partnerships. I mean, you have YouTube, so you can, you can make money that way too. Um, but what do you guys, I mean, you kind of hinted at Gymshark. Do you guys have like a long-term strategy or are you guys just, trying to just like, as you said earlier, just like keep moving, keep going and see what unfolds and keep pushing the envelope. Yeah. I think that the strategy kind of develops as we go. Like, uh, you know, we just announced that we're starting uh, podium, which is a congratulations supplement I company. I haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Fraser being our partner in that, uh, can think of a better person to represent the brand and represent us and, you know, he just retired. So he has a lot of time to dedicate to these other business ventures that he's starting, like his programming and everything like that. Um, and then, you know, there's just like a bunch of other stuff that we like for a while wanted to kind of like 
maybe sell this show as like a packaged, like syndicated show that we could put on a, either a streaming service or something like that. Yeah. And that's still something that we're kind of like thinking and playing with. Uh, not really sure if that takes control away from us or if YouTube's the best place for the Buttery Bro show. But aside from that, we're doing a 2020 documentary that's just about to be finished. It's going to come out in July. It's called Resurgence. It basically tells the whole story of what happened in 2020, basically like the, the kind of like the fall of CrossFit a little bit and, okay. and what happened during all that, uh, you know, uh, heated and I, I'm kind of drawing a blank on what you'd call that, that whole era. Yeah, I mean, there's just a, a big black hole on CrossFit really At a, on a dark yeah. year anyway. Right. Yeah. And so we like, we go into that and we kind of like trying to show uh, the transparency of, you know, how CrossFit, you know, pulled off an event during COVID and all the challenges that came with that, but also like tipping our hats to Matt's last year and him and Tia being training partners throughout that whole time and finishing in that really epic way of, oh, yeah. you know, holding each other's hands, coming across the finish line. And there's a bunch of little other uh, really cool moments that happened and featuring people like Justin Medeiros, who's just going to be an all-star moving forward. And I think he's kind of got the, you know, the, a lot of the attention of the community right now. And same with like Haley Adams, who is like one of the youngest, but probably the toughest individual athlete that I've ever like seen compete. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot of cool like stories and I'm really excited for that to come out. And that'll be like our, our fifth or sixth documentary now. And our second one, uh, since being let go from CrossFit and we're actually partnered so cool. with them on, on the movie, which is kind I, of funny. To, I remember you guys to, were filming the 20, I mean, when you were there live and you guys were posting like YouTube videos of the 2020 games, I just thought it was, how cool was that when you guys were like, I forget his name, the guy who was like your boss and you guys like filmed him like, yeah, yeah what do you think Justin. now? You like hired us to come back and film this. I, I know that was so such cool. a funny thing. Cause it was like, <laughs> I remember like, he didn't want to fire us. He was like literally sure. like, you know, given the command to do so. And I remember getting a call in 2018 while I was in Brazil and it was him and I got fired over the phone after. Oh no, really? Oh yeah. It was like, it was like a breakup over text or something, you know, I was <laughs> like, Oh, okay. That's how we're going to do it. But you know, I don't hold anything against that or, or, or hold any bad blood. It's all water under the bridge, but it was very funny when the 2020 documentary, uh, comes up, comes around and they're like, Hey, uh, uh, would you guys, uh, want to partner with us on this movie and i'm like oh how funny back to the pros you know <laughs> i was like yeah we'll partner with you guys let's see how this thing goes so we're just about to finish that up and i uh, can't be more more excited to you know one to be done with it because documentaries take forever and it's I'm like sure. such a grind and such a process especially when we're out filming a buttery bro show almost every week i know and that's so, what I, honestly I, I take a step back and i'm like you guys sometimes make me feel like i'm not doing enough i'm like I feel like I'm working all the time and I'm like, shit, yeah, they're always putting content out. I'm like, it's impressive, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's definitely something like when I'm not putting content out, I feel like I'm falling behind. Like if we go like 10 days without a show, I'm like, Oh man, we got to get something up. Got to get on the plane. Got to go film. something. So that's, what's (laughs) nice. Like this last trip, like we were able to get three episodes in the span of like 10 days. And now I don't have to travel until semis, which is nice because nice. Yeah. yeah, Can I get some time at home and time to actually get through stuff. yeah, I got the dog the back here. Oh, know? he's so yeah, cute. Yeah. I saw him hop in. <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. I mean, it's impressive, man. I, I'm I'm really pumped for you guys. I mean, you got so many different things. I mean, even podium. So like the behind the scenes was really cool. I mean, I, I thought that was a wild episode. Are you guys, so are you guys like, you know, the brand face of it? Are you guys like going to be in charge in like operations? Are you just owning a chunk of it? Or like, how, how are you, how is all that like behind the scenes well, happening? Well, basically like we're, we're owners in the company and so is Matt and the guys that we partnered with Jeremy and Paul, they're, they're both like uh, experts when it comes to that space. And they had started other supplement brands that they then, you know, were able to sell and have a very real good success with all that. And they're also CrossFitters and they knew that there wasn't really somebody in the space that was uh, doing what they could do. And, and yeah. they saw an opportunity in contacting us and, rather than just take like an endorsement deal from another company or another brand or a supplement sponsor, we were like, we would like to, you know, start something together and develop the concept and be able to, you know, create a, a product that CrossFitters could want that they would like and be able to take and know that it was uh, clean and uh, well thought out, especially with having Matt on the, on the roster there. And so once we kind of got all in alignment, it, we just kind of hit the ground running and they, you know, we got like a good manufacturing supply chain out, out in uh, Atlanta and it's all happening and it, we're, we're about to launch. We'll, we'll, we're going to have a booth at the games and oh, we'll cool. like, yeah, we're going to have like product there. And, you know, it's, it's been probably like an eight month process to get to where we are now. And just, it's really, you know, coming up with a name and a brand and a look and a feel and having it represent aspects of the buttery bros, but also aspects of Matt Fraser. And, you know, I think you're going to see, we're going to bring on more athletes as we go and it's going to grow. And I, it's Love crazy. It. It's like definitely not something that I thought that I'd be doing, you know, while I, yeah. you know, it's like, thank you for firing me CrossFit, you know, cause well, I'm I mean, doing yeah, stuff. That, out that's kind of like the summary of this whole episode of my mind is like, would you have ever thought you know, a week before you got that phone call in Brazil that like this would be where you're sitting in 2021 with like all of these business endeavors and your own show and your own content and like you're you're running your own life. Yeah, definitely not because I probably would have kept working at CrossFit because honestly, I got to work with all my best friends. It was a really comfortable job. I made content that I was proud of and people that saw it, it got inspired and it changed a lot of people's lives. So it was like there wasn't really something that was pushing me out. Yeah, and right. Until it was almost like you're forced out of the nest. You don't really know if you can fly or not. And sure. Oh yeah. Great analogy. Definitely, definitely uh, you know, I'm glad that it all happened because it led to some of the most fulfilling and best relationships and best opportunities that I probably would have never got otherwise. Yeah, for sure. It's so cool. It's gotta be so fun too. Like you guys, you guys have to be one of the uh what's the right word you guys have to be having more fun than most people i see online producing content you guys just seem like you're always just well that's what's so cool time. is dude we literally sit back and we're like what do we want to do today you know like who <laughs> do we want to go be with like we're 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 not doing stuff we don't want to be doing and that's right. what's so cool is because like i think so many people work jobs that they're just you know collecting a paycheck and clocking in clocking out and that's something that we say on the show all the time a yeah. lot is like are you tracking your hours? He's like, yeah, dude, I think I'm about to hit overtime, you know? <laughs> I mean, we, we work a lot and we work around the clock, but when you're working and enjoying what you're doing, it doesn't feel like a job. It definitely feels like I'm living a lifestyle that is, I happen to be able to like document and, 
get paid to do and and also like feature people that are some of the coolest people that are you know in the in the fitness realm or even just great personalities in their own regard you know yeah definitely i mean do yeah. you uh it's cool too because i mean you guys i guess the quite my, my next question was just going to be do you guys do you have any advice for people who maybe felt like you know they were at where you were at crossfit hq and would love to design a better a better lifestyle i mean obviously you were in CrossFit and you guys were just really smart and had great ideas and put some work in and figured it out and built something. But for someone on the outside listening to this, do you have any advice for someone who would want to do something like that? Um, yeah, it's kind of like you got to bet on yourself. If you have a skill that you know you're good at and you can basically charge somebody for you to do it, then do it. And like, it's going to be, it comes with a lot of challenges, but it's, it's almost like almost if you look at where you want to get to, and it mm-hmm. might seem really insurmountable, but just know that like one thing leads to the next thing that then leads to the next thing. And then opportunities come and always be looking for those opportunities when they arise. Cause like whoops, a good example. Like I just went up to the whoop booth when we were in Wadapalooza in 2019 to introduce myself to them. And they knew who we were because we worked at CrossFit, but that was like the initial thing that started our relationship with them and you never know like what a conversation you're going to have will lead to you know down the road and so um you know do what's uncomfortable like I've done more uncomfortable things like it was really uncomfortable for me just to be on camera at first because like I was always behind the camera and I was always pointing it the other direction and oh I never thought about that yeah Yeah. turn around on myself like I would say it came a lot more natural to Heber because I don't know, like that's maybe just something that comes naturally to him. To me, it was like a little bit uh, intimidating or like I, it took a, it took a minute for me to just kind of like be myself, which that's what you need to do. Like if you're trying to like put on a persona or like put on an image, it's, it's not, it's not authentic, you know, like be a hundred percent who you are. And I think that shows in our content because like I'm literally who I am on camera is who I am in real life. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm living authentic to, to who I am. And I feel like that's what people want to see. And that's what makes our show and what we do uh, fun because we're just a couple of guys, a couple of white guys from Utah that, (laughs) you know, just, just have a lot of fun bantering with each other and also just experiencing uh, really cool things that we probably have no business doing. And a lot of times, make the most of it, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I will say, you know, I've been talking to you for an hour now and I, uh, I'm impressed every, everything that I've watched in your guys' YouTube videos. I mean, you're the same person on here that you are on, on, uh, on YouTube. So that's cool. Cause I always think yeah. you never know, you see someone on camera and you never know what they'd be like in, in life sure. talking to them, even yeah, on Zoom, I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I've, and I've, I mean, I've worked and I've, I've been around some of those types of people where you're like, this is a different person than I thought they were, you know, but yeah. it's like, I was always like, I'm going to try and, you know, I say a lot of weird things and I do a lot of weird stuff, but that's just kind of who I am. And, you know, it's probably not for everybody and that's, I'm okay with that, but you know, I trying to, you know, just be who you are is, is hard for people, I think. And it's been a, a growing process in my own, you know, journey on being on camera and being part of a brand and representing other brands. And it's uh it's been a lot of fun and I, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's been, and it just continues to grow and build. And I, and I hope that we can continue to, you know, 
rise and develop the product. And I'm, I'm not really sure like where we're headed. I just know that like, you know, it, I, we always go back to the saying from Fast and Furious, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> I love it. Because that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how we are, you know, and uh, a lot of people like know where they're going or have goals and all that. And then that's great. But like, I'm, a, I'm always been much more like, let's see where, what, what, let's see what tomorrow brings and go from there. And that's just yeah. how I live my life. And maybe not everybody lives their life that way, but uh, getting caught up in the, the whole picture and the, the what's down the road kind of isn't something that is as important as let's just have fun today and make some cool content and see where, where it leads us. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a cool mentality to have too. You're probably a little more present in the day to day. And sometimes I feel like when you overanalyze what the future looks like, you kind of slow down. You guys must just, you guys seem like you're just in this fast pace, like create, go think outside the box. What's the next thing? Who's the next partnership with? Who's the next? That's just, I mean, it's gotta be fun. So I think it works yeah. for you guys. Right. That's awesome. Thanks man. Yeah. Um, so the last couple of questions love to ask everyone that comes on here and I'm sure you'll have some good ones. I always say book, but it can be podcast, just source of knowledge, whatever for the audience, what would be like your number one book you would recommend? Just because I just listened to it. It was an audio book, but it was Matthew McConaughey's green lights. I don't know if you've read or heard that. Yeah. I read that one at the end of the year. And I'm a huge McConaughey fan, not just because (laughs) of like the movies been in, but like just his, the way he, and it came across in the book, like he did a lot of things that, you know, early on led to, you know, one thing led to the next thing led to the next thing. And he was in movies all of a sudden, but then what I really respected about him as a person is like, he got into this, like getting every single offer was like a rom-com movie and it was a rom-com movie and he could do it and he could knock it out of the park. And then eventually got to the point where he's like, I'm more than just a rom-com guy. I've got a lot more skills and I can do a lot more like, you know, fringe type of roles and he took he like stopped doing work for like almost two years just to to basically prove to people that like give me the role that is going to be a challenge to me and and then like he went out and completely basically revamped his whole career and like he's much more respected because of that and he like I respect that because it's like one it's easy to probably get into that that cycle of doing all those rom-com roles and then to then you know do what's more true to him and take time off and like figure out what it was. And there's just like really cool uh, moments in that book that really rang true to me and rang true to like the type of person I want to be and the life I want to live and, you know, being a good person and, and also like working with really talented people. And I respect the hell out of Matthew McConaughey in that yeah. book. So if anybody hasn't read it already, I would recommend the audiobook because you get to hear him. Oh, the, I read know, it. I didn't get I'm in audiobooks now, but I didn't do audiobook on that one. Bummer. I don't do audiobooks, but like when I was like, Matthew McConaughey's gonna read the book to me, I was like, dude, that guy, he's got all the <laughs> swagger and all the, you know, the Texas draw and everything, and he does all the voices. It was amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's such a great book. I mean, just a great, it's a great, it's a great book for anyone who just, you know, teaches you how to like look at confrontation and, and turn it around to be a positive and, you know, there's so many good takeaways from that book. So that's a, that's a yeah. great one. I appreciate that. So I'm, so that one, and then I'm also reading Creativity Inc. right now. And that's basically about the guys that started Pixar. And oh, okay. the struggle, The struggle that comes with like, you know, nobody was doing animated movies back when they were trying to do it. And it was like this, you know, I, I, Hollywood didn't really embrace technology the way they do today. And they were like kind of paving the road on 
developing a concept that was unproven and they, you know, are who they are now and they make great movies. And I think that, you know, it's, I learned a lot from that and being able to, you know, uh, take things that like lessons that I learned from how they failed and ways that they succeeded and try to like, you know, be open to all that type of knowledge that I can get just because I'm kind of in the same field. Yeah, for sure. Being creative. Kind of like breaking through a whole new thing that people haven't done before. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I'll add that one to the list too. That's uh that's the one thing with this podcast. I have so I have such a book backlog now that I got to catch up. Oh, with. I'm sure. So many gems. A lot of people. A lot of people read some great gems that I'm sure you're like, oh man, I got to read that. I need one. to like publish a list of all the ones that you guys have uh, all suggested. That'd probably be good content. Okay. Um, the next one. So you you guys obviously have a million things going all the time. You're obviously always pushing the needle. What do you use to track, you know, your personal goals, your buttery bro business goals, and then really like, what do you use to just accomplish daily tasks, whether it's just pen and paper, use an app, like what do you use to kind of just organize and get your shit done? Well, um, just recently, like, because I'm so connected on social media and I have so much like stimulation and distraction coming in all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this answers your question, but like, I suggest people go isolate yourself in nature. Like, okay. like I just recently did a, like a, a week long backpacking trip with a men's group in the Grand Canyon that my buddy Mike Cashew uh, took me on. And it was, it was so out of my comfort zone because I don't do that. You know, wow. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't usually journal. I don't usually meditate because I'm like, I've got all this stuff and media and, and things coming in so much that like to then, completely like I left my phone. I didn't take any, I didn't oh, know wow. what time it was, you know, no way. So when you can be, a, when you can be alone with your thoughts and have zero distractions, you can really get in touch with like your soul. You know? Sure. Oh, I and, bet. And, and there was one of the days where I, everybody that was on the camp went and isolated themselves from everybody. And then they would eventually come and like bring you back into the okay. camp. But yeah, I learned so much just about me and myself and like finally having this, like, no distraction to like get between my, me and my own thoughts, you know? Whoa. So I just sat and I, I read, I wrote and like, they, they gave us a bunch of exercises to do. One of them was like, write a poem. And I'm like, when the hell, when the hell am I going to write a poem? Like, when was the last time I wrote a poem? I don't even know if I know how, but then like, when you don't have like a time or like, Oh, I got like 30 minutes to write a poem. It's like, you have all day. I'm, out in nature and I have nowhere to be. And it's just like inspiration starts to come in those situations. And I, all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, I'm writing a poem. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was like something like that. It was like, I feel like taking time to work on yourself and get away from all the, the stimulation that's coming in is, is one of the best things that I could do for myself personally to then kind of realign with my, my own consciousness really. That's really cool. So, Do you think you're going to continue doing that from time to time? I want to. It's really hard to to like dedicate the time. And it was actually like really scary for me to like take that much time off of work. Oh, I bet. I how many days was it? It was seven days. Oh, wow. That's for you guys too. That's a lot. In the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And it was like, kept being like, Heber, I don't know. I think I'm going to cancel this trip, man. I don't know if it's a good time. We got this movie coming out. I got this documentary. We got all these shows piling up. We got this company we're starting. And it was like when I finally like, like, cause at first I was going to go on the trip to support my buddy, Mike, because he just started this thing and I wanted to be there for him. And 
once the mindset shifted, like do it for yourself, you know, yeah, go, go do this and do it with your eyes wide open to the, to what you can get out of it for yourself. And once I did that, it made all the difference. And I like look back at that trip now and I'm like, man, I'm so glad I took the time to just disconnect and unplug from everything to just be with my own self. And it was something that I learned that like, I need to do that more often. I need to like take time to be uh, alone in nature and just write and breath work and be vulnerable with other men and talk about, you know, the challenges of life, you know? Yeah. That's cool, man. That's really cool. I mean, we all move so fast, especially if you're trying to build things and create things and I, yeah, I can only imagine. I, I always think I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm burning out too, like I'm burning, doing too much. Sometimes you need yeah. just like a reset. That's fantastic. Yeah. Even you go on vacation sometimes enough. and you travel somewhere, you're still like on your phone. You're still like exactly. answering emails. Like, you're still taking calls. Yeah. And I, I don't think people realize how, how much of a benefit just being, you know, having zero schedule, having nothing coming in and nothing going out, just being with your own thoughts and with your own uh, like basically getting in touch with yourself, you know, cause it's really easy to lose touch with yourself in the modern world that we live in. A hundred percent. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a that's some great advice. Yeah. Um, and then the last question and the most important is how can people follow your journey? How can people get involved with the buttery bros, buy some merch, all that fun stuff. And I'll add all this to the show notes. Okay. Um, so you can find us on YouTube. If you search buttery bros, we've got you know, hundred episodes now. Uh, you can so sick. We have we have a Patreon page where we do like more exclusive type of content. We just released a three part series called Proven, which I was talking about earlier in the show. That that early documentary series that we wanted to create that we ended up producing and putting it on there. Um, I'm on Instagram. My my handle is at Mars Media. Uh, you can find us on Buttery Bros on Instagram, and you can go to our website butterybros.com. We have a a a newsletter sign up right now to like get updates on our movie and when it's coming out and all the news related to that. Um, and I think that's pretty much everything. Sweet. And I will, I'll link all that stuff to the show notes. Everyone listening can go and click on it and find you guys. Cool. And, uh, if you haven't checked your, you, your YouTube series out, you, everyone listening, you're going to love it. It's sweet. I'm hooked. And every time, every time I get a notification, there's a new one out. I got to like, I have to watch it while I eat lunch or whatever. I have to, it's awesome. so excited. Thanks man. so much for watching, man. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad you're enjoying it. A hundred percent. And hopefully when the world gets back to a little more normal and we're all out at events again, maybe we'll run into each other. Absolutely. Let me know when you're going to be out and I'll run into you and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up. Sweet, man. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. All right. Well, Mars, Marston, thank you so much. Appreciate the time, man. I'm glad we got to finally do this. And um, yeah, me too, man. Thanks. Thank you. I'm, I had a good time talking to you. Absolutely. And I'll, uh, I'll definitely let you know when all the stuff's live and I hope you have a great cool. rest of your day, man. You too, brother. Awesome. Talk to you later. Hey,